Welcome to Comic Dog 616, the podcast on all things nerdy where we do crazy crap like beatbox and talk about comic books and video games and movies and books and stuffs and things. Listen to us every week as we talk about your favorite nerdy fandoms. <sighs> well, here we are for another episode. Here we are indeed. Uh, not at Denny's this time. Uh, no Denny's, unfortunately. Yeah, you missed Denny's week. I did. How did you miss Denny's? Oh, get the little closer, sorry. Talk in your mic, man. Yeah. Uh, how did you miss Denny's week? Talk in your mic better. We'll do. Shouldn't have missed because, Denny's week. Because I was out of town. That seems like a personal problem. I can't believe Because I was out of town. You know, the roadcaster has a, um, a anti-Denny's noise filter. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> anti-Denny's noise filter. Yeah, it's the, pretty crazy. It, the... This thing is beautiful. Um, it makes it sound like we're sitting at a table. Yeah. With no people around. It's beautiful. Yeah, I heard a clip from it. <laughs> um, anyways, guys, oh. uh, so we got a really fun week this week. There we go. Um, That's me. That's you. Sorry. We have a, Sorry. <laughs> a little bit of a, I guess, non-traditional. So we don't, we don't have a huge breaking news that we're going to do as a main uh, topic. So just uh, something that we've been wanting to do for a couple of weeks now. Uh, we are going to give our casting choices for a live-action shirtless bear fighter. So that will kind of be our main topic this week. But anyways, we're going to go ahead and introduce ourselves into this show. Um, I am Jake, a.k.a. Well, Badmouth Jakes. Yeah. My legs I, don't work. I am Matt, the chaotic evil moon baron. Uh, and now I have uh, bestowed my button pushing. And I am Steve. And I've taken a week off from the show and apparently don't know how to do anything. No I was trying to adjust my headphones and just blasted Matt's <laughs> eardrums. Yeah, it was, that was like, fun. Why can't I hear? Crank it's, it up. It's fine, man. You got a case of old timers. Um, <laughs> and there goes Jake's audio. Oh, no. <laughs> That's fine. Jake's audio is gone. Oh, wait. That was Matt's audio. Oh. There's Jake's audio. There we go. Bye, Jake. Bye, Jake. No <laughs> talking for you. Um. Anyways, so... Did anyone have... Jake is wrong! There we go. There Thank we you. Go. That's fine. You're did, welcome. Did anyone have any uh, anything uh, fun happen this week? Anything interesting? Well, we took Annalise to college. That's what they're calling it now these days. I, I'm pretty sure just leaving your child in the random desert and telling them to walk about and find no, themselves no, no. is not college. No, they took they took her to college where she can run and play in the fields and <laughs> we took her to the farm. Wow. And they and she can hang out with other teenagers and <laughs> Yes, mail in donations. Um I'll set up a Venmo account. <laughs> Yeah, the farm is expensive. We have a college student. The farm, the college farm is expensive. Uh, <laughs> the the people farm. Yeah, she has to like eat and, and stuff. Wait, teenagers have to eat? Yeah, right. I yeah. thought they fed off the <laughs> angst in like our, our, and our eye rolling of all their memes and dances and TikTok shenanigans. So. <laughs> like Galactus. So she's about right. She's still intern supreme. She's just, she's joined our North Texas liaison intern. So she might join us when she has the time off and on for things. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And then slowly um, inserting the government that is Hydra. 
Yeah. Hail Hydra. So that's cool. I, oh, yeah. And we did notice the uh, Hail Hydra sticky note on the inside of my bathroom door. Thank you. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. It's much appreciated. Just thought you was might, a, might need to know it's that. It's good for a little giggle. Yeah. And, you know, you just start off your day. You need a little pick-me-up. Good quote. Especially after just returning from dropping my daughter off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so talking about that, just real quick, you guys went to medieval times. Yes, we did. Tell us about that. Yeah. That sounds it's awesome. Fun. Have either of you ever been? No. Uh, when I was like five. I've never oh. been. I've been. I was with the one in Vegas or whatever that one is, uh, Camelot, which okay. is similar. Similar. But not the same. Similar but different company. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've never been. No, it's fun. Um, you know, it's it's all designed like a big castle. So you go inside, and it's like a long, you know, great hall set up. They've got a couple bars set up at a couple different spots. There's horse stalls at one end. You can go look and Pet see the, the horses. horses before the show starts. And, they, and you just say horsies. Horsies. Thank you. You can... You can you can't pet the horsies. Oh, you can't. But you can you can get up close to them and see them and that stuff. Um, they normally have a a dungeon museum, but that one is I think it's under remodel or some or it's temporary temporarily closed at right. that location. Um, I mean, they got to clean up the blood, right? I mean, yeah. COVID sanitary sure. reasons. This is. <laughs> <laughs> This is a rock from Alcatraz. This is a rock. They have a little sword and knife shop. They have a few different swords, some axes, and that's pretty cool. Some shields, right? I had to walk away. I mean, souvenirs for the kids, I, right? I know the feeling. <laughs> I know the feeling. That seems really cool, man. So but yeah, is... so they they generally open the doors an hour before the show starts, so you can go in and walk around and peruse and get drinks and all that, and then they seat you and you. There's six different nights, so you're part of you know you're seated in sections to root for a certain night. So that's pretty fun. For, you know, I've been twice. Me and Nika went when we used to live in Texas. We went one time several oh. years ago, and we always get seated in the. Uh, I guess it would be the enemy camp. Oh, so you, that's just kind of your home <laughs> team then. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the food like? Is, is there? Food? It's actually yeah. So um, this what, is is, what, this, is this a Casa Bonita experience where the, like the food's like eh, but the entertainment's really fun. Listen, Casa Bonita instantly just okay. makes you run your pants. I, it smells like horse. <laughs> it smells like horse. It's, it like smells like horses. Um, the food is fine. Oh, the uh, food's it's good. Like a store bought dessert. Yeah. Um, it's they give you a half a chicken and you eat with your hands. What? Yes, <laughs> that's that is half that, a chicken. Yeah. You have no solar so Is that garlic bread? bread. Like soup is that not how you eat chicken? And, and you like drink it out of the Pewter dishes. So it's, they the food is fine. Yeah, the food's the food's good. I mean it's it's not it's not like fancy is, restaurant. Yeah, good. You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not you're not you're not going there for the food, obviously. And I mean, Lisa's still upset she didn't get corn. Yeah, they didn't have corn for some reason, but they substituted the corn with Ribs, oh! I, I think it was rib meat anyway. I mean, it was good. It was meat. It was meat. They substituted the corn they didn't have with more meat. So I hey. think I found out what happens to the horses I mean, when they retire. 
Oh my so, gosh. <laughs> so they start you off, you know, you're sitting down, they they bring out the soup first and you know, you enjoy that and a drink. Uh and they bring out the car- garlic bread and things happen and eventually they bring you out the chicken and it's good. Dude, that sounds like fun. I think I had Oh yeah, there's a falconer. So does some stuff with his falcon flying around the arena. Isn't the falconer just called Steve Rogers? What's that? Yeah, it's supposed to be like Spanish the regions. Okay. Yeah. So at any so they, point, does the Pope from Paris and then the, I guess, Saxon English Pope fight each other? No, it's just there's a queen and there's six knights. And the what about the days? So the six knights, three of them are allied with each other, and the other three are allied with each other. So okay, that sounds that, that sounds like fun. It's it's, it's, it's a, a lot of fun. They do they do a lot of show with a lot of the horses and stuff. And I'm sorry, that sounds like a lot enjoyable. of what? The horses they they bring out horses, fancy horses that that you know do do fancy things. It's cool. I have pictures, horses, videos. Yeah. Like war horsies. Yeah, they, they do horsey they, things. They prance, they they kick, they bow, and yeah, they end the whole show with a joust, which is which is super cool. I'm it's sure fantastic because they actually joust, joust. You know, it's it's choreographed, so there's you know, and they're trained. Intel, they're trained professionals. Some are really really good at it. Some are just it's, learning. It's literally you know. medieval WWE. Yeah. Really, kind of sounds like it. Actually, kind of like first thing I thought, but yeah. But when they're on the ground and actually sword fighting and stuff, they're they're going full. They're going. Full they're hitting on. each other yeah. for sure. I mean, here's the thing: when you have like when David steals your lunch for the third time, you're you're gonna you're gonna want to lop his head off, you know? Yes. Well, one thing that's different from when we were there last time, they like pretended to actually battle to the death, and one knight is dead, and he's carried away like off the field, and now he just stands up. And puts his arm around like no, they the did. Cage. They did kill one of them, didn't they? I well, thought they he killed said one it of was them. Battles to the death, but he stands up and he puts his arm around his cage and they walk off. Well, maybe it was well, just the, a flesh wound. They have to like make it. More no, the whole point they were making that it wasn't supposed to be a battle to the death, and then there was just one fight that was supposed to be. But he still stood up and walked well, off with the page after gut wounds. Okay. Uh, so the guy who helped him up was clearly a necromancer. Yeah, that's what I'm obviously. assuming. Right, because <laughs> if you kill your actors off, then that kind of might ruin the show. But you know, you know, s- sparks are flying off the swords, and you know, sand, sand is flying around. That's cool. cool. That sounds thrilling, man. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. pretty good acting for nice you know, yeah. for what it is. Did you uh, did you do anything this week? Anything notable? Uh, not a lot notable. Uh, I did watch She-Hulk, uh, the second episode. Oh, really yeah, good. yeah. It got pretty, it's getting pretty good. We haven't seen the second episode yet. I, I told uh, We've Steve. We've been busy. I told Steve about good. that one very important Easter egg about a very particular yes. uh, guy who, he's good at what he does, but uh, it's not very nice. I'm just yeah. going to say, snicked. Snicked. <laughs> That's, yeah, no, they're doing some, <laughs> they're doing some fun stuff with that. I think they're actually doing uh-huh. it, so... They finally we, addressed the hand in the ocean so too. We were, um, yeah. It was in it was in a news article. <laughs> They're like, giant hand comes out of ocean, and it's like some clickbait, like 
the one Daily Mail type of a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they had a thing where like there was a big thing online. Like, why doesn't why don't people notice this? And I feel like they saw that and had to react to it a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, I, mean, so I could be that, wrong. That news article made it make sense, though, because it's like when you live in a world where everything like random like that happens all the time, it's just like a giant hand out of the ocean is like Thursday at this point. <laughs> well, so I so I think we were talked about this. I can't remember if we said it on the show. We were talking in person, but She-Hulk does do the fourth wall break like a lot. In the comics, I, I didn't, oh, yeah. realize, I didn't realize as much because I, I didn't that's read been so a big thing with the, her for the, a long time. The issues I've read, read, she didn't, and yeah. I I just found out that she did, so I was incorrect. The on that. stuff that I read with her was stuff that was like ensemble, so it didn't either. But yeah, totally, totally happens. Yeah, I had forgotten that that happened until I saw the trailer where she looks at the camera and says, "He didn't mean that," or or right. yeah, yeah, in the first episode. Well, I guess. Uh, think if i'm not incorrect that that she hulk did it first and i didn't realize that before deadpool yeah yeah well she's much older than yeah deadpool. she's been around because deadpool's no, no, a but, fairly new character no no but i'm saying that like they sh- that her fourth character wall. did that fourth wall thing before they did that with deadpool yeah, yeah. he's just better well known for it i guess yeah, yeah anyways that's true. so nothing really notable uh not a huge amount of stuff i mean i uh you know, I almost got to kill my friends in D&D. That was fun. Uh, but that's always fun. Uh, I didn't kill off Sam's character this week, so, you know, oh. there's that. Killing friends with dice. Always fun. Yeah. Matt kills Sam at least every other, like, every couple of weeks. Every. <laughs> <laughs> she made a spellcaster, and she was fine. She did her stuff fine, but nobody protected her. Yeah. Oh. I feel like that's our biggest problem is just not. You did, yeah, respecting did. wizard uh, position. Yeah, you didn't respect the wizard position. Uh, so I cut hair again for the first time. I tested on Matt, and I walked upstairs. I was going to ask Matt what happened. Uh, <laughs> well, no, yeah. So that's that's really it. Is just I walked upstairs and and I'm trying to go back to work. Hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, cool, cool. Um, so, yeah. We're going to go ahead and get straight into it. Um, yeah. Just because I feel like this topic, we, we have, I, I feel like we're going to have a lot to say about that, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. So. Um, I, I I think I am, uh, or at least a little bit to say about it. Yeah, so, allegedly, uh, Sony's being sued for uh, $5.9 billion dollars over the price of its online PlayStation store prices. Um, I guess the plaintiff is claiming Sony is overcharging consumers and abusing its position as the primary seller of PlayStation games digitally. Yeah, well, so the problem is that they're taking, like, a pretty big profit margin off of games. So basically they're tacking on 30% onto whatever the game would cost. So I I can kind of see that a little bit. So here's the thing. So I went to buy... um, or at least according to the article. Yeah, I went to buy Destroy All Humans, right? And you go into GameStop, it's a $10 game used. Brand new, 15 On the PlayStation Store, just because I was like, well, do I really want to go to GameStop? Like, my leg doesn't work. You know, I want to play a video game with my son and just throw cows and blow up people. Um, you know, father-son bonding. And to download it from PlayStation, the PlayStation Store is 40 bucks. What? Yeah. 
The first one? Yeah. Not even the, like the second one? No. Is it like a remaster? Or no. No, it's just the original game? Yeah, and that and that's not the only game they do sure. it to. So, uh, yeah, a lot of games um, that they have on there that just aren't worth... Uh, not that they're not worth it, but that are like, you know, should be... The value's uh, incorrect? Yeah. They just keep at normal price. Well, so, like, some of them I've seen, like, that when they have sales, they're really good. But, like, like a lot of times there's some good sales. But if, they if you know, stuff that goes on like that, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I am seeing, like I said, uh, the alleged thing in the in the report was that, um, or the lawsuit was that they were tacking on 30%, basically. So they're just artificially inflating the price of the game. Hmm. Yeah, and it, I honestly, so, like, I... I can see that. I can understand where that frustration comes from. Cause like I said, I went to go buy a game that, you know, I'm paying half for to own the physical. You think digital, I'd get like at least the same thing or a little bit cheaper, you know? Um, and I, I like Sony as a company for the games, at least, um, you know, but I, I definitely can understand and appreciate where uh, this particular person is coming from. Do I think it's worth a five point nine billion dollar lawsuit? Uh, I'm I'm trying to understand who the plaintiffs are on that. Like, I think it's just some like every like every PlayStation owner. Like, what what game did you say it was forty bucks? I I sent it in the chat. Destroy all humans right here. Yeah, not twenty dollars. It literally says it right here, PlayStation Store. I know. $20. Why does it say $20? Oh, wait. Because you have PlayStation. You have Plus. Is that because I have PlayStation Plus? Right. It is. But even even then, like, $20 is still a lot more than what I would get for the physical brand new. It's still $5 more, and you don't get a disc. And so you can't share it. Yeah. Um, So, I... This doesn't sound like it's a class action lawsuit, but regardless, I think, first of all, the asking amount's a little ridiculous, but I definitely do think Sony could, should probably relook at some things and maybe, you know, if, if your retailers are selling it much less than you are, that's kind of weird, you know, because my, my thought is, is yeah. if, if I go to the direct source to buy something, it should be a little cheaper, right? Because you're, well, you're, you're, skipping, you're skipping all the middlemen. Well, and... Like I always think that digital should be cheaper because you're not getting a physical disc. Yeah, true. Like if you're not getting a physical disc, it means that like you're kind of putting your um, you're putting your trust that the PlayStation Network will never go down, and it probably won't. But, right, right. I mean, if it goes down, you can't play that game. Yeah. Or if like you know, or if you like for some reason lose your account, you can't play that game anymore. It's gone forever. Yeah, there's a there's not there's there's not as much security in the sense of keeping your assets. Yeah, on there. It's and, basically and, a it's basically a lifetime rental. Yeah, pretty much. Um, which is like which is fine for some games. Well, it's just like downloading a song off of Spotify. Like it could disappear the next day for whatever reason. Yeah, you know absolutely. the company loses rights or whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, like let, let's say for example. For whatever legal reason, um, you download Fallout 76 and there's some legal battle and then they have to take it off their store. You bought it digitally and they just take it off. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Then you don't get it back. 
Basically, yes. So basically, or basically, you, if you lose it, you can't re-download it. Yeah. So it's on your system, but if your system gets wiped for some reason, mm-hmm. it's gone. So it's so, still in your library, it's regardless. Gonna, well, no, they're, they're having a problem with that with uh, something like the PT demo, where like that doesn't exist online anymore. You can't download it. It's not in anybody's library. It's the, on the console. The but, demo, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's fairly normal for demos. We're, we're just talking in general, though. Like, but like as far as full games go, unless unless something happens to your library, right? Itself, but you're but you're but you're also trusting that they're right. not going to change the terms of a library. Well, which yeah. could happen. Yeah, that's it could, and that's what we're saying. And so it's just like this. I don't know why they would. do They that. wouldn't. No, no, they <laughs> wouldn't. But what I'm saying is, you never know. There's way more advantages to having it on a disc I mean, than not. They could also decide to make discs not work that's true so, like they could do whatever they want right? they can uh I, true that's so true i, I i'm just a saying lot that. of this in my opinion i see a non-issue to an extent i because it's still i as annoying as some of their business practices can be yeah it's still their business that's no, and they're I, allowed to I do whatever yeah. the heck they want I, as stupid as it is i i agree i do i i think the lawsuit itself is dumb However, bringing to the attention that Sony's kind of being a jerk is not wrong. No, I agree with that. You know, if the I, lawsuit's kind of like, like, dude, you you look, you look, especially for five point nine billion dollars. Good luck, dude. You look like a clown. Yeah. Oh, uh, five point nine billion pounds. Oh, yeah. So, was that like eight or nine billion dollars? I think it's like something like nine. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, are we? Never mind then. Are we now? Oh, okay. Oh, still, you still look like a clown, regardless. Like, you're asking for a billion dollars because you can't download Minecraft? Shut up, dude. Freaking loser. <laughs> um, <laughs> talking about companies we really don't like too much, but, like, we love them because of the stuff that they provide for us. So, I guess Amazon EA acquisitions, uh, our rumors are starting to spark up. Um Apparently, according to a report from USA Today, claiming that Amazon would ma- would today make an offer to buy EA Arts, uh, Electronic Arts, buy, yeah, yeah, Electronic, Electronic Arts, 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 Electronic Arts, Arts, EAA, um, has been re- uh, sorry, uh, retracted with the journalist behind the article um, because of the potential doubt of there. So I, I do. No, there might be some truth to this because I remember when I was working for a particular cell phone company, T-Mobile, and we were getting, we were starting to get information regarding the Sprint buyout, <coughs> and so they weren't allowed to say because certain legal things weren't happening, and so anytime that it gets the news, like it would like hit the news, yeah. they'd have to immediately ask get it to redacted because you know there it might are, not be true. There, yeah, well, yeah, but it, it is. It's so like they're trying to, but it hasn't happened yet. So it's just like until it's like the government signs off on it and the money's in the other person's hands. It's not like, you know, it's right. not true until the contract signed. I to be honest, I could see Amazon buying EA. Amazon's been trying really hard to get into gaming. Like they've been pushing very hard. Yeah, they've been adding like co- extra content for like online games. So they have a, like their Amazon gaming channel basically where you can buy games to play digitally um they like because they've been they've been trying real hard they're basically trying to become right now as of this moment confirmed they're basically 
Um, they're basically trying to become like the biggest gaming platform. They do own Twitch, mind you. Yeah, no, I. So that is something to keep in mind. So here, here's the thing: with how important Twitch is to the gaming community, like Discord and Twitch in general, I would say I would trust Amazon to do well by EA, and I would not put it past them to do it. Because here's the thing: um, just to add a little bit of news that I didn't put in our notes, uh, Netflix was trying out their gamer tags this week. And so with Netflix, it, it, it feels kind of like the, the space race of the 60s, but it's just like which streaming platform or whatever. Can the, get digital their, ra- the digital race, The digital race of just like who can get their gaming platform first, Netflix or Amazon, um, even though. Well, because if you become, well, if you become, so if you're good digital video, right, that's a good platform. Right. But if you become good digital video and good gaming, everybody else is done. Yeah. So I... Like I said, I have this love-hate relationship with Amazon. I don't like their CEO. I think he's a total wiener face. Um, I could say a lot more colorful words, but that's just kind of the most appropriate one I could come up with. Uh, you know, then again, I love Amazon. I love being able to order stuff and having it show up the next day. Um, I love the co- video content they're creating. I, Twitch is great. Um, I Amazon reminds me of, remember, by and large from Wally. Yeah, that's what it feels like a little bit. Um, but anyways, the, my point is, I don't think Netflix is going to be successful regardless of testing their name gamer tags with the video game thing because they're known for their videos. However, Amazon getting EA, I could see them taking EA is already a good video game, whatever company, right? right. I could see them making it even better. Well, they got the capital to do it. All I'd like to say is that uh, if Amazon's listening can you ship faster to Fruit of Colorado? That'd be great. Because uh, I'm annoyed that I don't get two-day shipping. Dude, you know what's crazy? So here's the thing. I bought Chayton a Sailor Moon dress, right, for him to wear. He got it within hours. Yeah, in some places it's hours. I mean, bigger cities it's hours. All right, so, sorry, time, rabbit trail. So the, the girl he's marrying this weekend, so they went on their first date. She came over, and on his bed is the package of the Sailor Moon dress sitting on there. <laughs> And so, because I, I, I sent him random stuff, right? And so she, like, picks it up. He goes in the bathroom, and she's like, so is there something you need to need to tell me? And he's like, oh, no, no, my friend Jake sent me that. Clearly, she's not buying it. And then that's more great. More stuff comes. She meets me, and then she's just like, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, you totally, totally sent that Did to Did you him. end up sending all the whole kit like you were going to? Uh, he's, he's missing some uh, memories, but that's going to be his wedding gift. Oh, great. That's great. So, almost. <laughs> Who did you send that to? Whiskey. Okay. <laughs> so we had this whole thing that, like, we were trying to confuse him because we were like, oh, he's uh, actually a short man on stilts and a pirate. And we were trying to confuse him to throw it off, like, because so, he's, like, really good at picking it out because he does improv. Mm-hmm. Well, he figured it out, but now I just send him stuff because he's really embarrassed to get packages by me because sometimes it's just a nice gift. Sometimes he doesn't want to open it because it could be an inflatable bounce house pirate ship or a Muppet mask. What are those things, the fly killers? <laughs> and you can send them and they just show up as a bag of eggs, like oh, yeah. insect eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so. I accidentally got one of those packages. It was somebody else's and it sat in my house for a bit because I didn't open it because I was like, I don't know what that is. And then I went on vacation came back and it was like, like still man- there like a mantis 
They're not mantises. Or... They're like some kind of killer flies or something. Oh. Huh. Fly killing flies? I don't know what they were. All I know is I was like, well, uh, this is going to go to whoever got it. Also, it was somebody in my condo area. So, like, I don't know what kind of water they're killing. Oh, no. Flies that kills mosquitoes. That's what it was. Oh. Oh. I had to look it up because I opened the package and I'm like, the heck is this? And I'm like, this isn't mine. It's probably so, the, it's probably the next door neighbors that swore one of, someone of us broke into his house, pooped, and didn't flush. Oh and, my gosh! And here's the thing: they weren't even upset that someone broke into their house. What they were upset about is the fact that no one didn't flush. Yeah, I think they were. Uh, that seems like a secondary issue. Yeah, I think it was a secondary issue. I think, uh, I think they were having a really good day. Yeah, they were uh, really great. Having a high time. They were. Oh, yeah. a bit. Uh, uh, let's just say, uh, Chi and Chong are real good friends of theirs. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah. It's, yeah. So I, gosh, rolling on with it, talking about, uh, good times in, uh, you know, fun stuff. Um, so I talk and trippy stuff, right? We're going to talk about Spelljammer. I know we talked a lot about D and D last week. So yeah, I, I learned a little bit too that like yeah apparently in fourth edition which is the one that not as many people played uh, apparently they did Spelljammer and they did like Wild Space really they added it basically they kind of connected them together yeah and I didn't know that until that's later. cool but anyway um, yeah tell so me about the new talk, Spelljammer yeah stuff. talk about that so I guess Spelljammer is getting its own trippy album like an official album yeah is it like, background music or is it like uh. Yes, and it has trackless everything out already. Um, oh my gosh! So is it like? I wonder if it. I wonder if it like if they coordinate that with the game. Like if they have a they have it set up so you can do that. That's awesome. so yeah. So according to this article that we got from the Nerdist, um, the story architect worked with the Decemberance guitarist Chris Funk, which that's a great band, um, who curated the album. The different artists were tasked with coming up with music and themes for things such as space clowns, space vampires, space whales. Who could say no to that? Um, it's like is a 90s, a 1970s van was airbrushed. The warrior maiden on a Pegasus had a sound. Um, so I think it's going to be like that psycho. Yeah, that's definitely I mean, what's the oh, what's that's, that's uh... experimental rock. So imagine if like Phil Collins took LSD and wrote like. You know, yeah, that's a uh, that's definitely something you can do. I mean, uh, definitely something you that you like. You can basically make He Man type characters now. Yeah, because it, it. What's so? What's crazy? According to this article, Arena of Blood is a particular soundtrack that Eddie Munson would rock to. So you have an array of different genres and sounds for this um, to set the setting for your campaign. I think this is really cool. I think this is something fun. I really enjoyed that when Death Metal came out with the album, even though Death it's, Metal oh, kind of sucked. That's something that you need, that we should have started from the top. Um, Spell Jams is free to stream and download. Yes. Cool. That's awesome. It has it like right here. I'm going to. Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't see it because of the ad. Oh, they announced like when they first announced it. I think they said. Oh, that, dude, or, it's like, right a here. week or two ago. So I didn't, I'm, I I'm just gonna I'm just weeks. gonna play a little. Yeah, I remember seeing that somewhere. 
So it's kind of it's kind of trippy. It sounds like some Pink Floyd kind of it's, stuff. It's it's definitely like psychedelic rock for sure. That's um, interesting. So some of the artists that we see on there: I Black Marble, Caliphone, Deru, Lucius, Magic Sword, uh, Penny and Sparrow, Red Bang. All artists I have no idea. Um, Wizard of Waz? I don't. Don't even know who half these people are. That's kind of here's the thing. Okay with that, if though. I want to have blood curdling nightmares, this is my background noise. I think that that's kind of kind of great. I like it. I love it. I love that they made official background music. Like because that's one of the things that's kind of tough sometimes, right? Because there's a lot of unofficial stuff, and sometimes it works for your tone, and sometimes it doesn't. Right, right. Uh, but and a lot of times, it, like they have it set up for like modules, but. It's hard to find something for your very unique story. Oh, yeah, especially, like, if you want to do something out of source material. So th- this is cool. I, I'm not going to lie. Here, here's the thing. Although the music's not my taste for sure, because, like I said, it, it feels like Phil Collins on an acid trip writing <laughs> music with Ben Stiller in his basement. Um, if they come out with a vinyl for it, I will probably still buy it just for the, the album cover art alone. Is cool. It has that biomechanical kind of a thing to it, but you know what? Whatever. It's cool. It's D and D. I'm going to appreciate it. And the fact that this is something that they have means that if it does well, we'll hopefully get more. You know? Yeah. Uh, I would be thrilled if they did official soundtracks. Like, I I seem to have a hard time finding like sometimes I find music that I like, and sometimes it's like stuff that I don't like. So, yeah. Uh, so talking about stuff you don't like, I'm just going to mention this real quick just to hurt you guys' feelings. So Applebee's has a um, hot wing flavor lip gloss for all their uh, different wing flavors. So that will be that great. sounds disgusting. That will be great for a stocking stuffer for the missus. And then here's the thing. Grab your Ugg boots, boys and girls. Everyone's favorite ramen cup of noodles is having a pumpkin spice flavor noodle cup noodles why yeah I'm why? Not, dude cup, it's, it's a real pumpkin thing. spice mac there wait there's pumpkin spice mac and cheese too sorry i'm looking at this article now yeah pumpkin spice cup noodles pumpkin spice ramen that sounds disgusting Those maybe are, it's like a dessert noodle i don't know you can't know no, it's still I, here's disgusting. the thing listen i'm gonna try to get a hold of it we gotta try it at least once no, we don't. We uh, pumpkin we do. spice flavor with other natural flavorings. Natural flavor in cup noodles. There's no natural flavorings. Dude, it's that's lies right they're there. They're basically eating wood chips there's in plastic. Natural salt and natural MSG. Yeah, it just tastes like salt. It's just salt and MSG plus hey, something else. It tastes good. Uh, yeah, the ramen noodles. Uh, just not ten great tastes that taste spice. exactly the same. Really? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> No. Pretty are we re- are we really gonna have they the ramen they, argument? They okay. all taste different. They taste about as different as different colored M and M's, which don't taste different. Yeah, they, that's exactly the point. Chocolate. No, dude, you could definitely tell no. the difference between shrimp, beef, and chicken. Oh, you yeah. could tell the difference very but much. They kind of taste similar. Of course, they taste similar. Yeah, the, but they don't taste. You, the you're, same. Eating, <laughs> you're eating plastic noodles. It's the seasoning that matters. Plastic noodles. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. 
Dude, the noodles not, are basic. It's not quality ramen, but it is ramen. Oh, yeah. Dude, have you been to that ramen house on North? Yes, it is so, so good. good. Is it? Yes. Oh, yeah. We got to go. Do we? Do we, Jake? Yes. Do we? Yes. You torturous jerks. It, hey, they, Sorry, may not, they might not have the pumpkin spice Wait, flavor. You can have sushi, can't you? I can have sushi, yeah. Yeah, yeah have sushi. Have sushi okay, cool. Well, maybe they, they probably got rice noodles, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <But> yeah. <laughs> this ramen is so good. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, giving you a hard time. Have some ramen, Matt. It's not good for you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess that's good one. For us. That's I guess that's one thing. It's like, yeah, ramen noodles are. It's a little tougher. I can't really eat them. So anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah. Are we fun. ready for comics list? Uh, so actually, we got some comic news. Oh, um, okay. so uh, so Janet Van Dyne gets another series, a limited series in Wasp. Um. Oh, that's so awesome. I guess. The press release, according to this, has said that she's always been kind of like an important player, um, you know, as a founding Avenger and a character within Marvel. Yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of sad because like her character gets really bypassed a lot. It really like, does. When you think Avengers, you do not think Wasp. Well, and here, here's the thing, right? So she was always like the moral compass for one Hank Pym, but even when she was with Hawkeye, you know, Hawkeye kind of mustered up the will to stop Kang was when they were for each other in their alternate timeline when their kids didn't exist. I don't know. Anyways, so Janet Van Dyne's actually a really, really good character. I like her a lot. Um, and so I guess, you know, this is a night, this is supposed to be a nice tribute to her and kind of giving her that recognition. And so wasp number one arrives in January. Number one, I really do kind of like, they did like the fifties, like, advertisement art a little bit for the covers like yeah i don't know if you like remember like like in mad men like they'd have certain art styles for like you know this this and this you know this new vacuum um so that it's a it's a cool cover um so anyways they're, yeah they're celebrating 60 years of the wasp i think she's a very important character in marvel she's overlooked a lot but i yeah, think she sure. definitely deserves to have uh some time in the limelight you know especially with quantumanium coming out on there um, so Skinner is supposed to be a comic book coming out for whatever reason. The link is sending us to a, <laughs> a wine for yeah. wine skins. So tell me about Skinner then. So Skinner is supposed to be like a horror. Um, I guess like from my understanding is like prey a little bit meets like campfire story type of a thing. Um, so essentially like these celebrities go vacationing in the woods and then Skinner, the monster or the villain, starts taking him out one by one, okay. kind of a thing. So kind of like a like a monster horror survivor um, story. So that's gonna be really cool on there. And then um, the craziest comic book news that we have coming up is Batman and the Joker uh, team oh, the, up. The team up, yeah. So I yeah. heard about this. So. Which it sucks that Kyle's not here because this yeah. was like the perfect story for him. This is a Kyle story, but that's okay. So Batman and Joker are teaming up because Harley Quinn and Commissioner Gordon are both kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, – I, I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic because I think this series, it's going to show how much – how similar the other are. Like Batman's not really as – um, 
Batman's not really as put together as he thinks he is, and Joker's is not as chaotic as he thinks he is, right? So, I mean, we've we've seen those parts of Joker before when he successfully sued the city of Gotham and he, like, you know, fought a communist because he's not a total a-hole. Um, you know, so I think... I think this will be an interesting run, and I feel like a lot of Batman fans are going to have a lot to say about this. You know, I think they are. I man, I don't know if I love this honestly. Like, I think it's fun, but I feel like it's like almost too late. Yeah, like if they were going to do it, they should have done it ten, twenty years ago. Yeah, because it's it's like so. Here's yeah. the thing: when I saw it, I would my jaw in general like, well, what? You know, I think so much has happened between Joker and the Batman, where it's like you kind of knew eventually it was happening. It just seems, I don't know, uh, I like the idea of the story, right? But it seems like it's too late in their story to do this. Like, why would the Batman ever trust Joker at this point? He has been betrayed and stabbed in the back so many times. Right. I'm just waiting for, yeah. (coughs) So. I was just going to mention quick, Mm -hmm. Rings of Power comes out. Probably as of it's it's out already now. Oh but my gosh! First two episodes released in two hundred theaters worldwide. Sweet. I heard about that that they were bringing it to theaters. So that'll be. I think that's happening like Tuesday or Wednesday this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. And before you hear this episode, but after we you record, record. Ah. it'll be because, out. Yeah. So very much. Looking. Have Wednesday. you guys watched the new trailer uh, that dropped last week? I have yeah, not. I have. Um, it looks fantastic. We'll look at it in the break in between before yeah, we get absolutely. to our, um, so. so go ahead. Before we go ahead and do our a review for Vader um, issue four of Dark Visions, uh, Darth Vader, we go, we're going to go ahead and read our comics list on here. Um, our comics list is brought to you by Best Slip, the Best Slip Coffee and all of uh, the Rockies. You know, we really mean it when we say they got awards and stuff like that. You can go to Best Slip Coffee, Coffee, well, you can go to bestslipcoffeeco.com in order to get subscription box of their delicious coffee, which they have. Uh, well, they have subscription boxes, Jake, and I could tell you what they were. But instead of that, let me tell you this. Best Slip co- sends coffee always on time. It's never late. It's never early. It's just when you need it. And if you need it in months, bi-monthly. Precisely when they mean to. Precisely when they mean to. Uh, if you send, If you want it monthly, they have it monthly. If you want it... Every couple weeks. They have it every couple weeks. And if you want them to select coffee for you, if you hate that decision, if you just can't commit to anything, you can get Cord the to decide for you. And he will select some of the best coffees and send them to you every month. Uh, so you just have to make sure that you get a big enough package and of I, coffee. I do <laughs> hear they have the uh, yearly choice where... Cord will ride on his flying bicycle, drop the coffee to you personally, and then kiss you on the nose, boop it, and then fly away. I can guarantee you that Cord would probably do at least two of those things. Yeah, anyways, so for Dark Horse Comics, we have... I'm going to read that. (laughs) (laughs) So we have Always Never Hardcover, Apache Delivery Service Trade Paperback, Art of Battletoads Hardcover, Art of Star Wars Visions Hardcover. Lots of art books this week are coming up. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Forgotten Myths hardcover, Astonishing Times trade paperback, 
Avatar Adapt or Die, number 506, BPRD Hell on Earth Omnibus, volume 5 trade paperback, BPRD Omnibus, volume 1 trade paperback, Black Hammer Omnibus, volume 1 trade paperback, Cyberpunk 2077 Blackout, number 4 of 4, EC Archives Crime Patrol, volume 1 hardcover, EC Archives Shock Suspense Stories, volume 2 trade paperback, Giants Volume 2 Ghosts of Winter Trade Paperback Goldfish Trade Paperback Hellboy The Bones of Giants Hardcover Hellboy The Silver Lantern Club Hardcover Immortals Phoenix Rising A Traveler's Guide to the Golden Isle Hardcover Joy Operations Trade Paperback Kali Hardcover Madman Library Edition Volume 3 Hardcover Mind MGMT Bootleg Number 3 of 4 um, sorry. Plants vs. Zombies Zomnibus, Volume 2 Hardcover. Powers, Volume 1 Trade Paperback. Stock, sorry, not stock. Shock Shop, Number 1 of 4. Uh, Stephen McCraney's Space Boy Omnibus, Volume 3 Trade Paperback. And Stephen McCraney's Space Boy, Volume 13 Trade Paperback. Survival Street, Number 2 of 4. Um... 12% Dread Trade Paperback, Usagi Yojimbo Saga Volume 5 Trade Paperback, 2nd Edition. Virtually Yours Trade Paperback, Ward Number 4 of 4, and We Have Demons Trade Paperback. Damn, that, that is a list. That was a list from Dark Horse. Dark Horse isn't usually that many. Holy cow, That was dude. a good list. That's yeah. a that was hefty. Long. Anyways, uh, so from DC Comics, we have Batman 127. We have some variants for that quite a bit. Um, It looks like we have Batman Beyond Neo Year number six of six. So that will be ending. And then we have Batman Dear Detective number one. That is a one shot. Uh, Batman Knight number one of five. Uh, Batman Urban Legends volume three. That would be a trade. Uh, Black Adam, the That's- Justice. Batman Night Watch number five. Night Watch. Number one of five. Cool. Uh, Black Adam, the Justice Society Flies, Adam Smasher number one. Some variants for that. C- Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number four of seven. Um, holy cow. Some variants for that. Um, and then we have Dark Knights of Steel, Tales from the, the Three Kingdoms number one. Some variants for that naturally. And then Detective Comics 1062, that's a second printing. Uh, A couple of variants for that. Flashpoint Beyond number 5 of 6, some variants for that. Uh, Multiversity Teen Justice number 4 of 6, some more variants. They are on the variant game this week. Uh, My Buddy Killer Croc, trade paperback. See, why can't we get that as an animated show? That would be a great animated show. It would be a great animated show. Yes. Just Killer Croc hanging out with his like regular homie, like doing re- like friend stuff. <laughs> like they're trying to build a shed together, but like he's Killer Croc, so it just makes the version it a little harder. of Killer Croc from Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be that version, and like he's like trying to build a playset, and like he almost gets it done, and one screw falls out, and he goes nuts and crashes. You, the you know, thing. What'd be hilarious. He goes into Home Depot, and like clearly, like he's like a Croc, but he gets like racially profiled. And that's the thing that, like, everyone's, like, going on about. And he's just like, wait, 
you know I'm, an, uh, I'm a crocodile, right? And they're like, she's like, that doesn't matter. Like, You're a crocodile person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, that, that seems like a fun run. Uh, new champion of Shazam, number two of four. Um, Nubia? Nabaya? Uh, the Amazon's hardcover. Um, Nabaya, queen of the Amazon's number four of four. Nubia? Nubia? Cool. Uh, Poison Ivy, four of six. And then we have Punchline, The Trial of Alexis K, hardcover. Robin be- Robin's beginning, uh, Robin's being Robin, trade paperback. Uh, Superman Action Comics, volume two, The Arena, trade paperback. Sword of Asriel, number two of six. And some variants. All right. <clears throat> so. I have IDW Publishing, and from IDW Publishing, we have Star Trek number 400, which is one of their landmark issues. Uh, Then we have Star Trek The Mirror War, Troy, number one. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 132. Uh, Transformers, Best of Bumblebee, number one, and that is a one-shot. Then we have Image Comics, and they got a ton of stuff as well. So we have A Town Called Terror, number six. Antioch, number one. Dead Lucky, number two. Uh, eight billion genies, eight billion genies. Number one. Wait, what? And two, and three. Oh, there's those are re, those are third and second printings. Eight billion genies. Eight billion genies. All right, I'm gonna have to look this up. Uh, every day, everyday hero, machine boy, graphic of the graphic novel, golden rage. Number two. That sounds kind of cool too. Of five. Uh, image thirtieth anniversary anthology number five of twelve. Uh, Lego Ninjago Garmadon number four. Why do I know that name? Oh, five. Oh, five. Uh, Metal Society number five of five. Uh, Marika and Dolfo's Sweet Paprika number 12 of 12. Wow, that's a lot of covers for that, too. Uh, Monstrous volume seven, Devour trade paperback. Uh, we have Prodigy Icarus Society number three of five. Uh, Spawn, number 333 of a billion. Uh, Spawn Origins, <laughs> volume 22, trade paperback. <laughs> uh, Starhenge, book one, Dragon and the Boar, number three of six. Uh, that Texas Blood, number 17. Time Before Time, number 16. Twig, number five of five. Uh, Walking Dead Deluxe, number 46. <laughs> and that's everything for me. 46. Okay, I guess I'll grab Marvel. Uh, <laughs> please. Oh, please. <laughs> Marvel Comics this this coming week. Okay, we've got Axe. That's Avengers, X-Men, and Eternals. Death to the Mutants, number two of three. Alien, number one. All Out Avengers, number one. Oh, there's a, several... Um, Ant-Man, number one of four. Black Panther, number nine. Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, number four. Daredevil, number one. Defenders Beyond, number one of five. That's a second printing. Gambit, number one of five. Also a second printing. Ghost Rider, number six. How to Read Comics, the Marvel Way trade paperback. You mean the right way. Right. Immortal X-Men, number six. 
King Conan Chronicles Epic Collection Volume 1 Phantoms and Phoenixes Trade Paperback. Marauders number 6. Mighty Marvel Masterworks The Incredible Hulk Volume 2 The Lair of the Leader Trade Paperback. That's a mouthful. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur Place in the World Trade Paperback. Moon Knight number 15. New Fantastic Four number 4 of 5. New Mutants number 29. Punisher number six, She-Hulk number six, She-Hulk by Soul and Pulido, the complete collection trade paperback, Spider-Man 2099, Exodus Omega number one, Star Wars number 27, Star Wars Legends, Epic Collection, The Empire Volume 7 trade paperback, Star Wars The Mandalorian number one, Um, Thing, The Next Big Thing trade paperback, Wolverine number 24, X-Men and Moon Girl, number one. And that's it for Marvel. Um, you, Jake, you want to get that long? Um, yeah, for Titan, Titan Comics, Comics, we have a doozy. We have Doctor Who Origins, number four of four. Star Wars Insider Presents The Mandalorian Season 1, volume Hold two. Hold up. That's not what's on my list. For Titan? For Titan Comics, yeah. Yeah. Um, wait, where are you at? I am on. You're on <laughs> the wrong week. You reopened week. it. You reopened it, didn't you? Here you yeah, go. I did. I got gotcha. you. Oh, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So, gotcha. uh, for Blade Runner Blackouts number two or four, um, Black Lotus. Black Lotus. Sorry. Sorry. No, it's all good. Marvel Studios: The Eternals official movie special hardcover. Marvel's Deadpool first thirty years hardcover. Hardcover. Cool. Okay. Cool. Cool. Break time. Yeah. But guys, what about Tuttle Publishing? Just kidding. You're fired. And that's why you should never just throw a bee's nest at a bunch of random horses. Is that why? Yeah. Oh. What if they're not random horses? I thought it was like moral implications. Y- you know. What if you throw a hornet's nest instead? I haven't tried that. So we, maybe that's something we need to try out next time. Yeah. Huh. Well, um, I'll find you one. You can grab it and throw it. Yeah. Anyways, so going we're back uh, from our break. Um, I hope it was nice. It was great for us. Anyways, so I guess we're going to go ahead and jump into TV news and get straight to it. Um, just yeah. kind of a quick thing. So they were suspecting that potentially season four of Umbrella Academy would be the last. Uh, they have confirmed that that will be the fact that the fourth that the will case. be the final season ending the Umbrella well, Academy. Because they're now now they're ahead of the books, aren't they? Yeah. In Gerard Way's and the other person he's right, he works with, uh, they're working on that. And I think they'll end up ending the, the series of books with the fourth one as well. I gotta be kind of honest. Like I'm okay with them ending it now. Cause like they've taken many years. Like it's been so long since they started. Yeah. Like the, if I was a reader of their comic, I might be a little upset. Like not only that too, just like storyline one goes story, story wise, goes it's just like i don't see what could happen now at this point after they uh, after they figured out that like hargreaves succeeded to do what he wanted to do originally regardless of what allison did you know right so at this point i feel like after this confrontation it everything will kind of be moot you know 
Yeah, and I... So it, it, it'd be like jumping the shark if they were trying to continue it to another fifth season yeah, we'll at all. Yeah, we'll see. Now, if they were to do a spinoff of Klaus or maybe Diego or, you know, other, like, missions before Luther went to the moon, that would make sense. Or just put it on hiatus until more books are written. They're, he's only going to do one more. He's only doing one more. Yeah. Okay. I mean, to be fair, it's well, only then, well, one, yeah. more, one more run, rather. Yeah. yeah. So... They have like four. They're gonna. There's only gonna be four story arcs altogether, oh, okay. and then it's done. If they want to continue Umbrella Academy title stuff, spinoffs of certain characters. You know, Klaus right. running around with his cult would be a hilarious. No, just just Klaus like just living his life, man. Yeah. Or uh, Ben, you know, because well, we find out that number five started the, um, the department or whatever. Oh, yeah, the Department of Time. I'm sorry, I forgot the name. Yeah, I, I forgot, too. So, like, an office version of that would be great. That's cool. Um, so, anyways, yeah. Uh, those who... Um, so, Rick and Morty fans. So, I guess Season 6 trailer came out. That's pretty cool. Um, and I guess... As usual, Rick and Morty face consistent and constant danger. What kind of craziness are they going to do this season? Yeah, I I think essentially like so like they let evil Morty live right from my um, understanding. So they basically like captured Darkseid and was like, oh, you can go. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So that will be interesting um, on there. I some fans are upset about this. I haven't even watched it, so I really don't know. But apparently, um, it looks like Netflix has canceled and canned the Resident, Resident Evil television oh, series. Which is, okay, they were kidding. Man, that's unfortunate because, like, they did something cool with this one. I know some people got mad because Wesker was a different person than they thought it was going to be. Oh, you mean because he's so? black? Yeah. <laughs> but he, like, yeah, he acted a little bit different than people thought he might. I mean, his costume made him look like Equate Blade. But That's true. Adaptation. Yeah, and I like I like what they did with it. I like that they showed the multiple Weskers. I like that they like I like what they did with the character. I thought they did it pretty well, but unfortunately, it's yeah too little, too late, I suppose. Um, which is unfortunate because we're not going to get any kind of like we're not going to get any kind of real big action sequence type thing that we would. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm a little disappointed to be honest. I, I think one of the resident evil is just one of those video game properties that people care a lot about. So it's like anytime they do any movie or show adaptation of it whatsoever, they're just unsatisfied, right? Cause there's just, it's, well, no, cause it's like impossible one, to please them at this point. Well, I feel like this one was really good. Like, I don't know what was wrong. I don't know what was missing. Uh, it wasn't exactly Leon. like the game. Leon's giant biceps. But this is just backstory stuff. This isn't even stuff right. from the game. Like, it's stuff from a codex, essentially. Yeah. That got brought to life. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's because people have, they set their ex- expectations too high for some things. Well, the thing is, like, like with Resident Evil, the movies got re- kind of, they really fell off of, like the, the, like, the feel and the tone and stuff. This felt like the tone. This was right. Yeah. I mean, the first movie 
The first movie was pretty good, but like after they started hit all the points, major like the first two movies. Yeah, but the the biggest issue with the movies were was Alice. Yeah, was yeah. It like yeah, we just introduce this character instead of all. Why the... introduce a god character when you have this great story and great great right? Cast of but then when they did create, then when they did introduce the characters, they looked stupid and they, they were bad. It, oh, they did it too little, too late. Yeah, like Leon. Well, Leon, just Leon. He was. They all. They the all kind of looked fine. They all kind of looked a little dumb. But then again, it's it was like there's a time. Dumb. No, but the rest of them look like their characters. I, I wouldn't say they wasted. They, I, I'll say they wasted their characters. I don't think they yeah. looked dumb. I think they wasted them though. Like there was. Like, I felt like they were trying way too hard, and they're like. No, because at that point it just seemed like they were going like, "Hey, nostalgia." It was, dude. Okay, could have been any it, character. It was like blatant, honestly. obvious, yeah. like of like, "Hey, look at me." Dude, so okay, real quick. So we were watching. We're, we're catching them up in Riverdale because they're kind of doing the horror version of the comics, right? And the product placement in this couldn't be more blatant obvious. So, like, you know, like, product placements in movies and stuff. And, like, let's say, for example, I have this Heineken Zero. The product placement, if we were a TV show, I'd hold the bottle a particular way, drink it, and the label would be facing the camera. Yeah. This is what they do. Archie pulls out. And he's like, oh, drinks are on me. Here's my chime card. Looks at the camera, holds it there for at least several seconds. Chime card? Yeah, and then, like, literally... He says the words chime card? Yes. People that have a chime card don't even call it a chime card. I don't yeah. even know what a chime card is. It's like a like a cash app type of app banking thing. So literally grabs this, he's like, oh yeah, here's my chime debit card. Stops, looks at the camera... The camera focuses on the card, and then the bartender takes it. And I was just like, here's the thing. I'm a capitalist. Is this a commercial? <laughs> I, I appreciate product placement. Earlier in the scene, they had someone putting, like, the to- like Tostitos, like, chips in a bowl. The bag faced you. We get it. Product That's placement fine. is well, a very apparent thing. But when you say, it's it's like, for example, if I, like, I don't know. Let, let, let's say I have a pair of Adidas sneakers. I'm like, oh, hey, Steve, let's go get some burgers. Don't forget to put on your Adidas sneakers. Yeah, it's not even like, let me put this, let me put my shoes on. And then they show the shoes. Yeah. It's let me put on my Adidas and they like list the model number of the shoe. Like, let call me now put on my fun. Nike Air Jordans. Yeah, call now. Circa Only 1995. <laughs> it, was, it was so bad. And I was just like, listen, Riverdale's already really corny and. Like it's it's crap, right? I yeah. I watch it because I like Archie. The world's fun, and I kind of like the campiness. But this was bad. Like what CW? What are you doing? So do they own Chime? Like seriously? No, they. No, I think they're just really bad at product placement. <laughs> but just so that, in general. But the thing that's, is that's that like, is like it was pretty obvious throughout the all the other time of the show. Like it's very very blatantly obvious. But this was bad. Like, they weren't even trying yeah. to cover it up. Uh, but well, Yeah, all I'm saying is this isn't the first time they've had that bad of a product placement. They did yeah. it in Smallville a couple times. Oh. oh, yeah, we're like, oh, hey, Lois, look, I got you this Enstrom box of toffee for apologizing. I mean, uh, not quite wink, that bad. Wink, wink. But, you know, Here's the certain bands playing at Homecoming. C- oh, blah, 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 is playing. Oh, yeah. I love this band. Classic oh, that, CW trying yeah. to make money last minute. Like, come on, CW. Make it feel well, natural. Okay, so my thought is like this. Okay, so somebody wrote down the line. Then somebody else read the line, passed it on to the actor. The actor read the line, and then they passed that on, and a director 
read the line and made the actor say the line. Then a producer watched this happen, and then a test audience was like, yes, this is fine. To be fair, the producers probably didn't watch it. They probably didn't, to be fair. That's right. Right, but here, here's the thing. Like, I'm they, just saying it went. It had to go through, it like... It went through a lot of people. It went through so like, many people, oh, yeah. and they were like... This, this doesn't need reshot. This doesn't... We don't need to redo that. That's not cheesy at all. Unless... Chime gave them like a million dollars for that shot. Then they, I'd be like, I'll gladly break the fourth probably, wall they, for a million dollars. They probably did. But here's the thing. <laughs> like, no, the card is bright white with green lettering that says Chime yeah, across I mean, it. He could have literally all been like, hey, money's on me. Tap the card. Handed it like that. Shot. It would Chime written all over the card. You would have been like, oh, yeah. Archie uses Chime as his bank. That's cool. Maybe I'll try it out too. Yeah, <laughs> I think the only time the only time like that cheesy product placement really could like work as a like is a character, a fourth wall character. Yeah, like, a fourth well, wall character would be like, so like, they were they told me to advertise this like Deadpool. Like if Deadpool was doing that in comics, you'd be like, that's it's stupid. That's hilarious. It's funny. And that's how it would work in that. But other times it's it's all subliminal. Yeah, it, it's not like you're seeing that. Oh, I'm going to try that. It's right. like you see that. And later on the line, you're thinking about something along yeah. those lines. And that just pops into your head. Right. So, or you're watching Jurassic Park. What, what, what was the company that like all the cars were one brand? Oh, they do that in all the movies. Oh, no, no. But all the cars in like Jurassic Park. I think were, it was like, Jeep or Mercedes. I think it was Mercedes in that one particular one. That were, like, in Jurassic Park, it was the Explorer because the Explorer well, just no. came out. Oh, okay. No, no, I was but thinking, they also had Jeeps. no, no, not not the original one. There was one one of the newer ones Dressed that were like world. I yeah. think they had like, but um, just it was ridiculous. Because you're like, wow. Yeah. Did you guys ever watch the Palm Wonderful Greatest Movie Ever Sold? No. So the, it was basically a movie all about exposing product placement and how it works. And it's like since ever I watched it, like I see it a lot more. It doesn't bother me, but. Oh. Oh no, no! You see it all the time. Yeah, it's pretty, I have a problem. With you know, like he, the, he, like he basically did his entire movie about product placement, doing product placement, and the only one that didn't pay was Main and Tail because he just wanted to be in a bathtub with a horse and while washing his hair. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know. Anyways, anyway, talking about shows uh, and not dying, um, unlike Resident Evil. So, Batman: Cape Crusader may not be dead. So, it looks like potentially because the directors and creators of this uh series have been fighting for it to stay alive so i guess apple hulu and netflix are potential um platforms that are drawing interest for this on there so and so in order to keep the profits right because wb is being acquisited by um discovery yeah right or hbo is and hbo has all the dc stuff um and right now they're trying to make it look like to the Discovery shareholders that they make X amount of profit. So they're dumping all these um, assets in order to, you know, raise profit margins. I would not be surprised that if they greenlit it under a different studio, so that way they could make it seem like their profits are still increasing, right? Because they can sell just, it. Well, it's annoying. Like, it's not like... It's basically like trying to deceive shareholders, except for you're trying to do it publicly. Yeah, and it annoys the heck out of me because like it's, they're not dumb; they they have news. Yeah, they like, have newspapers. Yeah, so that's just they like, got the internet. This is what we got going on. Um, I hope it succeeds. I really do want to see what this animated film looks like or series. I think it'd be great. You know, so I hope they are able to succeed on like having someone else pick it up. Um, anyways, 
Moving on to newbies real quick. Pretty obvious. So I guess King Kong and Godzilla are teaming up in the next film coming in there. So Space Godzilla and Gaiga, I could assume, could be another monster. Um, Mecha Ghidorah could be a cool another thing. King Caesar. Uh, so there, there are, I think there are multiple reasons on why King Kong and the two kingdoms would team up again, you know, especially since they, you know, WWE Smackdown Mecha Godzilla in the last movie together. I... I secretly hope for my favorite character because it's dumb. Um, Biolanti, which oh. is this like giant sentient swamp monster. It's like <laughs> massive. It's basically the earth got really mad about like people polluting. So it's basically a so Captain it's Planet man, monster. It's like man thing, swamp thing. It's like swamp thing, but if swamp thing was a sentient octopus monster from a swamp. That'd be, that'd be cool. It's ridiculous. And I love it. Um, and so more Ezra Miller news because why not? So Ezra, <laughs> nobody cares. No, uh, he's really so, trying. Like, yeah, so he's really trying. So, um, Ezra Miller met with WB discovery executives, uh, to save the flash because, um, you know, they they're threatening to bench the movie. So he's starting an apology tour. Um, and so his last stop was WB, um, and then it looks like he's re- reporting like they are reportedly apologized for bringing negative attention to the flash and like providing proof that he's doing all this stuff. Um, you know, and he's apologizing for felony burglary in Vermont. Uh, and then just other, you know, felonies. What would, you know, what would make this apology seem more genuine if he didn't do it because his movie was in danger. Yeah. Like, because it really feels like he's doing it because his movie is in danger. Well, here's the thing, right? So he's probably get, gets, he obviously gets residuals, right? So if he makes, if the movie makes X amount of money, sells X amount of action figures, does X amount of whatever, he gets residuals, right? He gets profit from that no matter what till the end of time. So, you know, like, so for example, every time someone streams Black Widow or, you know, watches Captain America, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, they get a residual from it, right? So, of course, like, he's going to do everything he can to get this movie out there. Yeah. So, does that make his apologies heartfelt, or is it just, and when people see my ugly face and it's flash some more, even though I suck at it. He's he's an absolute, like, grade-A narcissist. It's exactly, that's exactly it. He doesn't mean it. No. Well, like, does it, like, the, is fl- it, the Flash is going to air and he's going to stab a baby. It's it's too little too late. He well, should yeah. have been doing this a long time he ago. He should have done it when it came out in the news the first time. Or he should have just the not second done time, the crap that he's done. Or the third time. Or I don't know how many times now. I lost track. You know what they should have done when the moment he did the first crime? he's been. They should have recast him as a reverse Flash. I'm like, oh, he's method acting. <laughs> Damage control at its finest. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that what they're doing with the with damage control in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, we'll talk more about that later. Right now, what we're going to talk about, uh, it's a dumb main topic, but it's one that I am really, really excited for just because we made the joke. Um, it's about time. Yeah. So we, are, we always talk about fan castings and stuff like that. So we actually put together our own particular fan castings for one of the greatest films of all time for when it does actually come out shirtless bear fighter and there's gonna be two versions there's gonna be the 8-bit version which we all know why it's called the 8-bit version um because that's what they call the action figure where he's like well yeah it's the 8-bit version and then the regular version anyways so 
we have our own casting, and these are the people that we would put in our shirtless bear fighter movie uh, that we think would put together the film. Uh, for me, number one, shirtless bear fighter, the man, uh, Hugh Jackman. So Hugh Jackman is a good, there's a good case for Hugh Jackman. And Hugh Jackman is a beautiful person that is uh, Australia's gift to the world. Right, right, right. But he has a beautiful voice. He could sing. But he'd look great in a bear fighter jet. He would. He could sing. He could be in the bear fighter jet. I have a counter offer. Okay. A counter. Uh, because there's a character that's, uh, there's a person that's been comic book characters twice now. And he's actually been pretty popular in both. Okay. And he's got the perfect, perfect everything almost. Just needs a little, like, a little he just needs a little more, well, a little more muscle tone. And he'll have it. He's down. got a pretty big beard. Carl Urban. Okay, okay. I. Carl Urban, I think, is my pick for the shirtless bear fighter. Okay, so I think, okay, here, here's this. I will raise you on Carl Urban and do this even better. What if one version, the 8-bit version, had the Hugh Jackman for all the mothers out there uh, for their late night movie watching, and then the pantsed version, Carl Urban? I can see that. Right? So, I mean, you know... It, Carl, you, Carl Urban would make a good shirtless bear fighter, but... I think he, like like I said, I think he's really good at playing comic book characters. and He's, he's great. He did Dread. That's, like, tr- that's true. You know, he did Dread, and he was perfect in that. He's got the right facial hair as Billy Butcher. He's He is good at being comical, where Hugh Jackman is a little bit better at being serious. Yeah, I think um, so. So, <laughs> the dead girlfriend that gets mauled by his brother... Uh, Amelia Clark. Uh, <clears throat> just it, it's such an insignificant character, but you would want someone pretty enough and uh, an actress like, I guess, soft enough and like endearing enough for people to care about. So Amelia Clark would be a good dead girlfriend to Hugh Jackman's shirtless bear, bear fighter. All right. I can see that. Um, but so as I, a dead character. She wouldn't have to act. No, she would. They would be in a picnic. See, I haven't, I haven't read the comics. At so, all, so basically, his love of his life. They're in the woods where he's sworn to protect, and these bears come up and kill her. They have, they're having a picnic. And I, I cast that's, Nicki, that's it. Okay, uh, I cast Nicki Minaj then. Oh, okay, <laughs> Nicki Minaj. Yes. <laughs> Only because I don't like Carl Urban. Ur- so Absolutely. So, so what you're saying then is you're going to see Carl Urban and Mickey Minaj making out over a spread of pancakes in like picnic. Do you think as long as she gets mauled by bears? I mean, I might. Yeah, I might tank. I might tank the terrible kiss just for the bear mauling. Okay, that's, that's terrible, man. Um, so to play you're the main villain, person. brother. Like so for the main, I think you guys will agree with this one. For the main villain. Uh, brother bear uh the true empire ruler of the toilet paper company idris elba to play to play his brother i think he he'd be he'd be he's good as a like as good as a voice actor i just don't see him as this though you can't see him as a bear with an eye patch ruling a very successful toilet paper company absolutely i could see that but i I think that might be better as Kurt Russell. That's that's like, who you pick, Kurt Russell. I pick because it's a voice, right? So he doesn't right, have to right. do any physical acting. Yeah, Kurt yes. Russell, man. 
Like but old man gonna, Kurt Russell? But, but you're going to cast they, when, Kurt Russell when they as film, a character who wears an eye patch. Yes. Yes, I am. When they when they film Fantastic. when they film him though, they've got to put him in a bear suit with all the little dots on there just just kind of I mean, he's already got the eye patch. Snake? He can bring his own from home. That's fair. <laughs> um Mama Bear, uh Helen Helena Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham Carter? Uh-huh. Yeah, as my, as Wait. as shirtless bear fighter's mom. Sorry. I, I can't Word, pronounce Words her. are hard with Jake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Tim Burton's wife would play shirtless bear fighter's mom. Bonham. That's that's a pretty easy we'll word just, to we'll pronounce. Just, we'll just say Mrs. Just, Burton. Just saying. Okay? Mrs. Burton. That's Mrs. not her Burton. name, though. Don't care. Um, <laughs> it's Bonham Carter. Yeah, so Bonham Carter. She would play Mama Bear. And then for Papa Bear, Andy Circus. Oh, is that what you wrote? Because I wrote, Andy I read Circus. Andy Sickus. Whatever. I'm, Circus. Yeah, I, I, he was typing quick. Yeah. He was typing quick. So those yeah. are those are the parents <laughs> to Shirtless Bear Fighter and Brother Bear. Okay. I, hmm. See, I, I can't remember what her name is now. Who's the mom from, uh, who plays the mom in uh, Malcolm in the Middle? I forgot her name. Oh, dude, yeah. she would be because she's like because she's perfect as like a like a mom that only barely has it together. So if you had barely. her, then Chevy Chase would have to play the dad. <laughs> Chevy Chase is the dad. Chevy Chase would be actually pretty excellent as a dad character because he's because like National Lampoon. He is well. He like he's still pretty lovable. Like even his worst characters are like, but he's okay. Okay, yeah, I'd say because I hated Pierce Hawthorne, but there were his moments where I'm like, oh, but he's just old and dumb. Um, so yeah, so that's Mama and Papa Bear. Okay, did you have a Papa Bear that you would? Papa Bear. Um, I would. Oh, you know what? I think I got a good. Uh, one second, one second. I'm trying to remember. Who would you cast as Papa Bear for Shirtless Bear Fighter? I don't know because I don't know any of the characters. Okay, shirtless bear fighter, just based off the image. Hmm. I, I if chose, Hugh Jackman was playing him, I'd said Hugh Jackman. He said uh, uh, he said Carl Urban. I'd say Carl Urban, but actually, it's hard because they're both really you know good what? casting. You know what? You need yeah. a dad. You need a dad that's like if you want a dad that's like kind of <laughs> funny, okay, but a little no. weird. Oh crap! Uh, it'll come to me. Okay, I, I know. I just I can't think of his name Dude, for some reason. Tyler Perry could also play Mama no, Bear. No. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, but am I right? You're not wrong. Tyler Perry just for every uh, single. Uh, oh, just just you wait till you see my last casting. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so hold on. I, I've got the perfect Papa Bear. I you get the Papa give Bear. Give me a minute. I okay, can't cool. think okay. of his name. I'll give you a minute. Let me do mine. Well, you take a minute. Okay. My Papa Bear. Okay, lovable. Kind of kind of like cringy a little bit sometimes. Terrible dad jokes. Danny DeVito. Dude, current okay. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito as Papa Bear. I could, I could see it. I could see it, right? I could see it. Because yeah. especially just the voice, like, it's good voice. It's right. Because perfect... there, there is an issue. He's got a good voice and cadence. Where shirtless and Papa Bear fight together, yeah. and so I could see Danny DeVito really coming up with good action lines. Papa Bear, Billy Connolly. Okay. Yes. Billy Connolly is pretty good too. Because he made a great dad in um, Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints, um, yeah. Billy Connolly Lots is a good. That's a so strong pick. for Agent Sylvia, the not so obvious, uh, the very obvious love interest, but he doesn't want to fall in love with her. Uh, 
to shirtless bear fire, uh, Evangeline Lilly. I think she would okay. just she would play a good FBI agent. Um, and then the other FBI agent, Director Burke, Jamie Foxx. Okay. okay, Jamie Foxx actually is pretty solid. He's been pretty pretty good lately. Yeah. And they they look similar um, in the comics, so I just I figured Jamie Foxx would be a good FBI like, uh, you know, director. And I just, honestly like if they were to do a movie, I would really just want to see Jamie Foxx like pull out a stack of flapjacks and like trying to bribe him, <laughs> Hugh Jackman with some flapjacks. <laughs> wow. Who uh, who would you have as Agent Sylvia and uh, FBI Director Burke? Okay, so I would actually pull some people from another show because the FBI is the theme, right? Right, right. Uh, so I would pull um, James Spader and Megan Boone from The Blacklist. Okay. So the, main, the two leads from The Blacklist. So they were both – I was trying to remember the what her last name. I could, Boone. I could that – would, that, would, that would work. Because like – because they've had a little bit of like experience with an FBI type procedure already, right? And James Spader is perfect as a guy that's like a deal maker or somebody that's like really gonna—he's kind of untrustworthy. Like I think he's good for that. Where it's kind of like, should we trust this guy? Like or? he could be a CD like Nick Fury type. Yeah, I think he can do that really well. Like he basically did that in the Blacklist. Yeah. So he already did it once. I think he could do it again. He plays Creeper really well. He does play. He plays this like, like a person that you know has a past that he's never going to tell you in like every movie, basically. So another another kind good, of an old drum too. Another good Papa Bear, um, the guy who voiced the grandpa in Boondock Saints in Boondocks, the animated show. Yeah, Boondocks. Um, anyways, so oh. Mr. Biyagi, the weird karate master pig villain, um, that has all his nipples pierced, uh. I had to go with Mark Hamill only because that he played the villain in uh, Blunt Man and Chronic. Yeah, he so was actually kind of funny in that. He Mark Hamill as that villain would be perfect. Um, <clears throat> here's the thing: if he could play a Blunt Man and Chronic villain and do that perfectly, this is a walk in the park. He just has to pretend to be this karate master pig. And what? Now remind me the karate master pig. What's this like feel? What's this? Uh. I will show you. Remind me what his feels like. What, like what is, what is cadence is like? Um, B E Y. Because uh, I have a controversial pick, but only because, um, I know that it's going to only because like, there's somebody that has to be in these castings. Cause it's like one of my favorite voice actors. Right. Uh, so pulling him up and, Actually, this one, like, this one's like a free space, right? Because I have a voice actor that's, like, almost perfect because he does all kinds of stuff. Uh, Matt Mercer <laughs> as any character. Okay. Um, because he can, like, basically, like, he does the crazy old guy. Yeah. So well. So, so yeah, going back to shirtless bear fighter himself. Yeah. Um, Travis Willingham. Oh yeah! Like if they made it a live action. Oh Travis shoot! Willingham. Actually, because they would yeah, if they did a live action, they wouldn't have to change much. Nope. <laughs> they just slap a bigger beard on him a little bit, and they're done. Yeah. Like that's that's actually really funny. I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty perfect. I'm trying to find a specific panel because it best represents. Oh, that that's I mean, 
his uh, cadence. I mean, we can just. That's fine. Let me just look up Mr. Biagi. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so who's so? Let's go to the next one. Yeah. So Wait. as you look him up, um, so for Jackson Logger, the the face and CEO of the toilet paper company, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is a strong pick. I I only say that because if you see him in the um, if you see you know him, Jackson Logger in there, not only that he's kind of very campy. And when he ties up shirtless bear fighter, he ties him up with toilet paper and gags him with toilet paper. So he can't talk. Um, and it just, it's a very Will Ferrell move. And I think watching the dynamic between him with Idris and Will Ferrell, I mean, look, look at that right there. So, right. So you have Will Ferrell in Idris voice acting. I think it'd be a good, uh, it would be a good dynamic between the two. I almost said Jim Carrey, but I didn't yeah. want to go with a very obvious and safe casting with that because I think it would just take away creativity. Okay. Let's see. Will Ferrell's pretty good. I think the writing would have to be spot on for Will Ferrell because he is very hit or miss. With with, with a show like Shirtless Bear Fighter, I think Will Ferrell would be able to do it. And so in my last casting, um, for all random background bears... Uh, would be either voiced by Michael Pena and Jimmy Woo. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to figure out who that first one was because he totally wrote Michelle Pena. That's okay. So those are th- those. So like, yeah, all the other background bears. So every random bear that he fights that gets possessed or that that's in the town, they're all voiced by the same, like two people. Okay. So voiced by the same two people. Uh, let's go with, Hmm. Do the bears all talk? Do the bears all talk, Jake? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Amazing. Can okay. you remember? I, I only read a couple of issues, so. Well, except for the um, except for the one bear that you know he turned into a jet. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna go for for background characters, and only because like I think it'd be funny if they all went ow ow ow. Um, Patrick Warburton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got to find the comics. Patrick, Patrick Warburton would also be a good shirtless bear fighter. He would also be a good shirtless bear fighter. I feel like he's not, he's not, he's a little too, like he's almost, not emotional in a cartoony way almost. So I think he's not quite there for the, it would look, it would be very cheesy. It's already going to be cheesy, but I feel like it'd be even the cheese would go higher, right? Yes. We put extra cheese on that cheese. Yes, it would. I, so or if, if if not that, um, the Jason Jackson lager actually. Oh yeah. I, I would rather see him than Will Ferrell. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, ooh, actually, you know what? Who Tom Hiddleston would play a really good Jackson Logger as well. Honestly. And the yeah. I'm trying to think number 2 is where he uh 
I'm trying to think of a good villain, like a real good, like villainous CEO type character. Hmm. You know what? You know what? This is the movie. This is the retirement movie. This is the end. This is the the finish of his comic book movie career. And we just throw Christian Bale in there. Do uh, Christian Bale because as he's good because he's well, no as the uh, as the evil CEO. Oh, especially because American Psycho. And you would know be right. a good calling card for that. Is he like, oh, here's my card, and it's, it looks like just like the card from when he was in Psycho. In an American Psycho, yeah. It's like this is eggshell white. Uh. <laughs> oh, it's toilet paper white. That would be so good. So those that's a that's what cast. I think. Oh, I finally found the panel. Uh, be prepared. That's all I have to say. Um, Lord, I, it, oh. the studio. When you say be prepared, it scares me because like your normal day <laughs> stuff is like already crazy. Oh my god. Um. So the studio that I would like to have pit, probably pick it up is, if I'm being honest, I think it would fit Amazon really well with the boys. Not that I would want it super graphic, but just being allowing the writers to do what they do. And they already did a really good with the image property Invincible. Yeah. So I, I'd probably go through Amazon to to pick it up. I'd like to try to make as many of the effects as practical as possible other than the bears naturally like so like the the bear jet it would have to be flocked and practical um the director i don't i don't know who i'd want to direct taki watiti i think would do a good job uh yeah and i thought like i think for networks controversial pick i think this would be like a i think this would be good as a thing that like pushes a network forward. Like there's, you know, there's some networks that are a little behind. Right. Right. So I think this would be going on something smaller, like popcorn and push it right forward. Uh, they're the same good dudes that are doing the, um, the space Marine, the one we talked about. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Or well, salvage Marines. Right. Is what it's called. So like one of those like smaller ones to kind of like, yeah, well, they're going to take the risk and go all out. Yeah. They'll take the risk and go all out. I mean, they, they did this, you know, they, they do some good sci-fi stuff, and I think they could do some good comic book stuff, and they could really push it forward. They could push the letter, you know, push it as far as it needs to go. Um, or somebody a little bit smaller that wants to get bigger, like Tubi. Right. Which is basically, their original stuff is to be desired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who would you get to direct? Who would I get to direct? Hmm. Whose directorial debut does this need to be? Or who's like, whose magnum opus is this movie? Um, I, I said Taki because I feel like it'd be good. Also, David Tennant as Jackson Lager would be really good as well. David Tennant as Jackson Lager actually sounds really good. Um, who do I want to direct? What style? Like, I'm just trying to think, like, think of the, like... Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it would, it would turn into some weird surrealistic thing where, like, I'm sorry, is it, it true? Is it not true? I'm sorry, it would turn weird. <laughs> mm, really? <laughs> Just anyone but M Night Shyamalan because he would air like Avatar what airbend that. Yeah, Dude, the... no, no, no. James Cameron. It would take ten years to film, but it would be this would be ooh, cinematic be gold. Cinematic gold. Uh, um, what are you thinking? Oh, shoot. Uh. Robert Rodriguez. Ah, I can't talk. 
Robert Rodriguez. What has he directed? Lots of things, but the most recent being, well, one of the most recent was Alita. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, He did one or two of the recent Predator movies that was, some people liked, some people didn't. Um, He's done a lot. Ooh, Peter Jackson would be a great director for it. I think, you know, okay, you need something, this is kind of like this movie, very left field, very strange, very crazy, and like... I think you can throw a Quentin Tarantino at this and make cool. a very weird movie. It might not be, I don't know, it doesn't hit a, hit like I want it to, but it's the only one I can really think of right now. It's, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, actually, With, yeah. Oh, Perfect. dude, yeah. I withdraw my, my, I withdraw my answer. <laughs> that, he would, he would be good, like... I the, uh, his, like yours. His costumes and effects are very dark. So I think in this world, like especially with the pig villain, his the the makeup artist that he like associates with would I think would really capture that. Like so, he would get those nip pierced nipples just perfect. Like the look and feel and tone could be dark and hilarious at the same time. Yeah, because it's supposed to be dark, right? Because you have like this tortured former protector of the forest FBI agent getting in a jet made of bears flying off to defeat and kill his own brother so while avenging the death of his girlfriend well so with your casting choice for um with for mama bear um i'm surprised that you don't want tim burton i i really am because like that's who you cast in every movie She's in every single one of his movies, like, all the time. I, I like Tim Burton's directing, but the thing is, I feel like if he were to direct this film, he would, he puts his own twist on things, which is great. He does a good job at that. But I would want it to still keep the sunshine and, like, daisiness of it, and he would make it too bleak, right? Where, like, the, there are definitely bleakness undertones on there. So I wouldn't want the color palette to be completely drained, right? Okay, I can see that. So that's that's the only reason why I wouldn't. Where, uh, for example, Love and Thunder had a very vibrant and bright uh, color palette, but when the tone was dark, it was really dark. And so that's why I feel like he would be a better director for that. Not only that, Jojo Rabbit kind of sends a similar tone to how I feel like the, the flow in emotional feel of the movie would be and that's why i think he would be a perfect okay okay director can, for the shirtless bear fire I, I can see that see i just can't think there's another i can't think of another director that like i really go that's the director for this movie that makes sense unless there's like explosions uh then i got one yeah <laughs> I, I i think we would have to throw in some celebrity bears in there right just for the sake of of it yeah so, like smoky he, smoky Yogi. Uh, who, who <laughs> bear? No, yeah, like we would have to throw in all these celebrity bears in there because they're just rolling around the city. The bear from Grizzly, yeah, the Grizzly from Grizzly, Ooh, dude. Sea bear from Land Shark and Sea Bear. Oh my so, gosh. like, if they're in the ocean, I had to show somebody at work that that was a real thing. <laughs> no, what did they yeah. say? Uh, they were very surprised that it actually was like, no, for real. I'm gonna go look it up. And so permanently on my work chat, there, <laughs> some, there's a message between me and another person and me going like, look at this, look at this, look at this cover. 
because it's actually a really well done comic. I mean, here's the thing: like, <laughs> people probably have a fear of sea bears now in their when they go on cruises. I mean, I would. You have a higher chance of getting murdered by a land shark because land sharks are just ferocious, you know. Sea bears, if you leave them alone, they leave you alone. Naturally. Um, but anyways, we, we can probably like go all night with this casting. But if you are listening to this episode and you're a fan of Shirtless Bear Fighter, uh, write us a little comment on our um, Anchor account or shoot us a message on Instagram or Facebook or whatever and tell us who would you cast as who in the Shirtless Bear Fighter movie in Amazon if you want to pick it up. Um, that would be great. I'm 100% there. Um, also, if you haven't checked out Shirtless Bear Fighter and you made it to this through our casting, you should check out Shirtless Bear Fighter. It's actually a really good comic. And it's, 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 it's wild fun. and it's Weird. crazy, chaotic, and it's is it's very much a... It's, it's a very much our podcast kind of uh, kind of comic book, really. Yeah, like it, it, as campy as it sounds, the writing's actually really good, and the story is driven really well, despite all the craziness. Like underlying all of it, it's actually a really good story. Yeah, I, I really like. I said I, I liked the, the little bit that I had. Yeah, and I'm honestly I'm I'm excited for Shirtless Bear Fighter Two, uh, Brother Bear. Uh, just kidding, that's not the title, but Shirtless Bear Fighter Two, um, is. <laughs> is going to be out and I'm, I'm really excited for it. I'm there. So, and then, uh, I think the next movie casting we do should be for six gun gorilla. He's a TV celebrity fighting in a, a, a television battle Royale to save his family. He's also has a, a psychic called battle pug that, a yeah, barbarian rides. Okay. Then who's also a detective. The pug is, not the barbarian, because barbarians can't be detectives. That's just weird. <laughs> you know, you say these words. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you guys later. Anyways, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of Comic Talk 616. I'm Badmouth Jake. I'm Matt the chaotic evil moon baron, but I don't know if I'm the most chaotic anymore. <laughs> And I'm Steve. You guys have a good night. <laughs> have a good one, guys. We'll see you next week. Oh, oh boy. We're out! Whoa. That was weird. Let's try that again. <laughs> Boom, 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 boom,